Thanks everybody for checking out what happened when with Tony Schiavone today, Tony and I greatly appreciate your support. It's been, uh, an interesting couple of months here in the professional wrestling business, you know, with the house show business going away and there being no fans really for the TV tapings, but all of a sudden I'm busier than ever before helping listeners just like you save more money than they ever thought possible. Don't take my word for it. Just ask Craig in Wisconsin. He recently saved some money at SaveWithConrad.com. left us a five-star review. And he wrote this, the process of refinancing my home was as easy as it could be. Jimmy and the rest of the team were in constant communication with me, and I was never left wondering what my next steps would be. I shaved 13 years off of my loan, 13 years. I received a better rate and saved $110,000 over the life of the loan. I just want to say to Conrad and the entire crew, I love you. Listen, this is a real review. Craig is going to save more than $110,000 and you can do this too. And listen, it's not fancy to figure out how we're doing it. We reduced his term from 30 years. He was just two years into a 30 year loan. So he has 28 left. We found a way to make the payments affordable on a 15 year loan. In the process, we cut 13 years worth of unnecessary house payments off. Run the numbers yourself right now. Throw it in your calculator. You know, you've got one. 13 years times 12 monthly payments a year. That's 156 payments. Now what's your payment? You probably know it to the penny. He's going to save 110 grand. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time, but we can even help families with credit scores in the five hundreds. So what are you waiting for? Let us run the numbers. Find out how much money you can save for free right now at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention you get to skip your next two house payments? If you haven't already, you can skip your June and your July payment. You're done until August 1st. And oh, by the way, we're licensed in more than 40 states. So why wouldn't you do this? Get a quick quote right now at savewithconrad.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson. Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA. TV title, Cajun Omni, the Bunkhouse Stampede. Flair and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tactics. Turner, Barton, Mid-South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Under Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh, lowest rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Quondike Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With the voice of your childhood, Tony Schiavone. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? It's a great day to be with us in What Happened When? How you doing, Conrad? Man, I am uh, 
I'm happier to puppy with two Peters. Whoa, man. That would be quite a, uh, quite a bonus in life. Wouldn't it? Well, if you're a puppy, it probably would. And you know, mm-hmm. you'd have two of your favorite toy, but I'm excited because we're getting to watch a Monday nitro from my very favorite year, 1997. We've talked about it for years now, Tony. It's my favorite year in wrestling and nitro in 97 was man. That was like a sore Peter. It was hard to beat. Yeah. I, I guess you, when you think about it of the run of nitro, probably 97 was its best year. Maybe. I mean, the, the, the late summer, fall and winter of 96 were pretty badass, but 97, oof, this was great stuff. And this particular episode, man, it just gets me going. Uh, it, it happened a long time ago, June 9th, 1997. Uh, I don't want to spoil what makes this show so special. Maybe you can tell from the art. Uh, we don't know what the art is because even though Silva knows what our topics are through the end of the year, he still does them one week at a time. Yeah. So we don't, we don't yet know what the cover art is, but I hope it doesn't necessarily spoil the finish because something awesome on this one. Tremendous. Tony, before we get going today, I, uh, I wanted to bring up something that well, we talk about a lot here on the show. It's me growing up and uh-huh. growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, uh-huh. but then eventually you realize, Hey man, this stuff's all full of sugar and junk that we probably shouldn't be eating. Uh-huh. And whether I like it or not, my wife's got me cutting down on things like carbs and sugar and some of that unhealthy food. Thanks a lot. Quarantine. But basically I've come to realize I can't eat anything anymore. And, uh, <laughs> then she introduced me to something. That, uh, well, it's made me feel like a kid again. We're talking about magic spoon and here's something worth mentioning. How about zero sugar, 12 count them, 12 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in every serving. And it tastes amazing. It's honestly too good to be true because you can pick from cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. And uh, I know our pal DDP here, we're going to see later on this show. He's all about it because it's keto friendly, which is what the wife's on. It's gluten-free shout out to big booty, Judy. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and GMO free. And Tony, you've had some of this magic spoon. What's your go-to man? Cocoa, fruity, frosted, blueberry. What are the Shivani's rocking mostly these days? The frosted. And let me tell you why, uh, I am, have been in my entire life, the biggest cereal buff ever. These have replaced my go-to, all these flavors have replaced my go-to cereals. Am I allowed to say what my go-to cereals used to be? No, it doesn't matter because now okay. you're onto something that has zero sugar and 12 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs. Uh, Megan's favorite is the blueberry. I'm really? more of the fruity, but, uh, my kid, Kansas, she's all about the cocoa. Here's the great thing. You don't have to pick. You can go to magicspoon.com forward slash WHW and grab yourself a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code WHW at checkout. And you can even get free shipping and magic spoon is so confident in their product. It's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. And Tony, don't you wish you had that kind of guarantee on your wife, Lois? Yeah. A 100% <laughs> happiness guarantee. I have a feeling there would have been an exchange years ago, but you don't have to worry about that with magic spoon. They know it's great. They know you're going to love it. 
a 100% happiness guarantee, man. Unbelievable. It's magicspoon.com forward slash WHW. And be sure to use that promo code WHW and get free shipping. That's magicspoon.com forward slash WHW. Use that promo code WHW and get free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. So if you it's haven't a- already, fire up your um, your WWE Network and mm-hmm. cruise on over there to mm-hmm. 1997 for Nitro. Mm-hmm. You'll click in ring, then you'll come down to the Nitro icon for WCW, and then you'll find it June 9th, 1997. Man, I watched it again this morning. I'm just, I'm fired up, man. I'm jazzed up. This is the, uh, also the night that Heenan, uh, flipped out on us afterwards. Oh. Told us a story that I've told many times, but I'll tell it again as we go along. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Without further ado, man, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Let's fire up some Monday Nitro from June 9th, 1997. Do we happen to have your bride of 39 years? Our six-man tag team partner here on the show is Lois Shivani. Is she around? Very much so. Uh, here is my wife of 39 years, Lois Shivani. You're a dumbass, 3-2-1 play. Here we see the classic open here. Let's track it. Tony, that's when I knew this was about to be an awesome show. It was going to be a great, no matter how bad my Monday at school was, because you got to remember I'm a school age kid here, mm-hmm. no matter how bad my day at school was, I knew when that song hit, uh, my day was about to get better. Yeah. We knew it too, man. We knew that we were on to something pretty big as you could see the, the ring posts have flames on them and you want to track this too, baby. Look at this team track it. Here we go. Shivani, along with the living legend, Larry Zabisco, Iron Mike Tanay for our number one. Fans, it has now been signed, as you have seen, top of the program. Dennis Rodman, the world, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, will be a team on July 13th at Bash of the Beach Sunday, exclusively on pay-per-view, the big event coming in July. I think it's fun that you're already pushing the July pay-per-view, and we haven't yet sold the June (laughs) pay-per-view. Well, Rodman was a big deal. NBA champs, right? Oh, I mean, this was sure. a this was a big crossover deal for us, having Dennis Rodman with us. So uh, we were going to milk it for as much as we could. And who could milk things better than us? Oh, what a with great a limousine. Spot. Watch this spot, by the way. Let's track it. What's up? The macho, hey, wait a minute. On, the macho man trying to get out of the limousine, and Diamond oh. Dallas is not letting him out. Oh. He kicked the window in. He kicked the limo in. Oh, oh, and Liz nailed him. And there goes the limousine. She hit him with the door on the shoulder. So there you go. DDP sees the limousine for the macho man, Randy Savage. He sees Liz get out. He knows macho man's still in there. He tries to kick the window out with his cowboy boots. And by the way, he's wearing cowboy boots on concrete in the backstage, which is probably a little slippery. And he's got a big leather duster on one, nothing. Two, nothing. Three, <laughs> finally goes through. And I got to tell you, when I watched this back before we watched it here today, I didn't remember that spot. And yep. all I could think was, please don't Goldberg. Please don't Goldberg. Please don't <laughs> right. Goldberg. 
Well, he grabbed his calf, you know, after he did it. So he obviously cut it up a little bit, I would think. Or he was just selling. Either way, though, right. can we just promise each other this? Stop mm-hmm. kicking out shoot windows in cars <laughs> for wrestling. When they do it in a movie, it's a fucking working window. Stop trying to be Superman. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's one of those things where they say to Dallas, you think you can kick this window? I go, sure, bro. Oh, come on. Show me all the windows you're going to kick out, bro. Are you kidding? <laughs> fucking going to be world champ. I'll kick out all the windows. Just line them up. I'll kick them out. Well, yeah, you probably can, but why? I mean, it's funny to me. Like WCW is the king of the like gimmick wooden chairs and they're the king of the, the broken tables. And you know, even, even in, in wrestling, if you're going to break a bottle over somebody's head, it's sugar glass, it's Hollywood. But when it comes to windshields, oh no, bro, just give me a shoot windshield. I got it. <laughs> what? And now here comes the, the real stars of our show. And then of course the luchadors and the, uh, cruiserweights, man, I watched it this morning. Are you ready for this? You're about to fucking die. The, the, they are doing so much high risk stuff in this match. I mean, this is like, you're watching something from a time capsule. This match looks like it's from 2020. I do want to mention though, this Boston crowd, uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the crowd in a little bit. Oh, Hey, real quick. I wanted to tell you what Matthew in Pennsylvania wrote. I had a great experience at SaveWithConrad.com. I worked with Derek and he quickly answered any questions I had. Being able to text him directly made things so much easier than having to wait on phone calls or schedule meetings at the bank. Being able to do everything from home was extremely convenient. I was in a tough spot with the pandemic going on, but it looks like everything is going to work out for me just in time. I would definitely recommend Conrad and his team to anyone looking for mortgage help. How can we help you? You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But you do need 10 minutes at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. We're licensed in more than 40 states, and you even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. I guess there's sort of two types of, of, of audiences. There's the type that really wants, you know, maybe that's the smart mark audience. They want the big action. They want the crazy spots. And by the way, we're going to be off to the races here in just a minute. But look at this botch spot. Or it looked like a botch spot. Like what was Ultimo going for? You're selling for him on commentary that, oh, he must have hurt hurt his knee on that maneuver, and take <laughs> up and over psychosis. What a scary bump that was, especially for 1997. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know it. I was uh, when I saw this match, them walking out. The first thing I thought of was, is this match going to play well today with all the high flying shit that we got going on today? Watch this, dude. Check out Super Calo in the corner. Mm-hmm. Got to come back in and, uh, the most impressive way possible. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. It See, it, it does still play, doesn't it? Oh, and, and check out what, uh, what they're about to do here. Like this is some crazy spot shit throws him through the ropes, <laughs> but then watch super Calo here. He's going to do a little whoopity do with him. When he comes over the top. Oh, wow. my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, jumping over the top rope, landing flat of your back on the floor below. No, it's not a pay-per-view main event. It's the opening match on Nitro. <laughs> oh, I'm digging it. Pulling out all the stops. It's funny because Mike's and I here, and we really, I mean, you got to go back and, and super kick is a transition spot. 
you got to go back and listen to the commentary here because Mike today is doing his best to educate everybody about all the history, but this is the debut of silver King on nitro. Mm. He's never been here before. So we're having to explain who he is and why he's not wearing a mask. And, uh, it's funny because he says he's the, the son of Dr. Wagner and, uh, Zabisco says I wrestled Dr. Wagner. It was just <laughs> like Zabisco was totally oblivious. Like he literally wandered off the golf course and sat down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, wrestling. I used to wrestle. <laughs> such great shit, man. Larry, Larry and Mike, I had such a great time with them. Everybody had fun with Larry, but Mike and, and I got along so well. And so, yeah, we were, you know, we were enjoying life there. There you see, he's, I wrestled Dr. Wagner. <laughs> there it is. I'm, I've got my, <laughs> got my closed caption on. There's the line from Larry, but. Everybody liked Larry so much, and we had such a, a great time. A lot of, and, and we knew we were doing something special. I mean, we knew we were having good ratings each week. This, this, is, oh, this is my favorite part about Ultimo Dragon, those series of kicks. Mm. Front, back leg, front kick, round kick, whatever they call it. We should mention, um, this is... Oh. This is a famous show, whether you know it or not, if you're watching at home with us, because this is the particular show where at the conclusion of the main event, <sighs> go ahead. Kevin Nash will come into Piper's dressing room to complain about perhaps the single worst match thus far in 1997, when he and Scott Hall faced Piper and Ric Flair in the Boston main event. Before right. the largest crowd and gate in WCW history. So we sort of buried the lead there, but you guys had set a record for nitro, not too terribly long before, uh, for the number of fans and the number, uh, or the amount of money paid, but we've got 16,025 paying fans here, uh, a total capacity of 18,003. That's a sellout. The gate is $243,946. And that's for a nitro. Hmm. That's pretty remarkable. The previous record was, uh, 15,834 paid January 20th, the same year uh, in Chicago, as we mentioned, that was a gate of 224,000. Um, no, I'm sorry. The gate record was 224,000 for the prior year's Halloween havoc. So this is in fact, the largest gate ever. It's also part of the biggest money weekend in WCW history. Merch sales here for this show are $138,000. So process what we're talking about here, boys and girls, they're making more money at the merch stand than most houses in WCW history. Jesus. And you, you, you listen to those numbers and you think about, and you look about what's going on here. God, I love this from Ultimo dragon. And you wonder how do we fuck this up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah. I mean, they're sort of limping along, mm -hmm. you know, on the other channel and you guys are just crushing. Right. Uh, There's Meltzer would say, although Boston featured perhaps the worst match of the year, it was generally considered a star studded action packed show with a strange reacting, generally hostile crowd. <laughs> and that's accurate, man. This is a weird crowd. We should mention yeah. though, it doesn't matter. Nitro gets a 3.43 rating. Raw gets a 2.24. So we're not quite yet at the peak. We right. know that we're going to start seeing fives and sixes, but still pretty handily 
3.4 to 2.2. Yeah. This is, this is the point to where Eric said, where Eric had, uh, it had come true to what, what Eric had said. Eric thought that, and I mentioned this before, Eric thought that there was an availability of a, of a total number of a 5.0 rating for wrestling on Monday nights. And he thought if we would get threes and they would get twos, then we would be winning, which we did. And we were, but no one thought saw us getting fives or sixes coming up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're going to get fives and sixes on your own. Right. Ch- check out La Parca here, dude. Tell me that wasn't spectacular in 1997. First of all, La Parca is not a little man, no. but to do the sort of, you know, double jump Sabu style thing. Hmm? It's pretty cool. Yeah. And they got a, one of those breakaway type chairs too. I mean, that's not completely breakaway, but it's wooden. Look, look at this. Holy shit. Dude. In 97. Yeah. If Jack Evans does that on a Wednesday, we're all excited in 2020. And yeah, he was pulling out all the stops here in 1997. And here we see Ultima going to the top here. He's got psychosis seated on the top rope. Everybody thinks, and there it is. Top row Frankensteiner. Uh-huh. Dragon sleeper. Is he going to get him? Yep. That's it. Ultimo dragon is your winner. And I think they're on a, congl- uh, a con- collision course for the pay-per-view. They've got a pay-per-view match coming up. Ultimo dragon and psychosis. And so for Ultimo dragon to win handily here as a rule of thumb, that usually means psychosis is going to win at the pay-per-view. Watch out. Yeah, the, the fans here in Boston, as you can tell, they're too uh, enamored about seeing themselves on a big screen. Well, and, the, and they are watching a match. You got to appreciate, and and not Lord, I love the action that we're, man, Laparca really literally lay in the wood, uh, super callow here. <laughs> I I'm a big fan of what the Luchadors did. Just the underneath presentation of Nitro, it really is sort of the secret sauce, in my opinion. But you can look at the crowd and see everybody's wearing an NWO shirt. By this mm-hmm. point, it's all about staying in the NWO. By the way, we ha- we didn't have the sound up, but when they introduced Mean Gene, he got yeah. a fucking huge reaction, a bigger reaction than any wrestler in the first match. Yeah. Want to track it? No, it's a Scott Steiner, uh, Rick oh, Steiner Jesus interview. Christ. Okay. And no, my apologies. Yeah. So yeah. stinky fingers himself, Lex Luger. <laughs> Did you say stinky fingers? Yeah, we know he's not really stinky fingers because he has other people peel his shrimp. What do you think this sounded like right here? <laughs> right. I'd like to say that I'm more over than you are, even though I'm not on the gas and you are. So Lex, tell me something. Why in the world would you come out here on a star set at night? Well, you know, mean Gene, I'm going to rub my hands together. As we call it, steepling in the business. I'm going to also rub my wrists bring up that left hand like i always do as you can see i'm using the same gesture oh there you go there's the size of my dick i use the same gestures that i used back 10 years ago <laughs> i'm drawing that fucking line boy he's drawing the line today isn't he he loves Ooh, it shit. yeah well <laughs> my my question is when you take that much gas does that shrink the size of your dick what do you think <laughs> i don't have one but that doesn't matter because i make a lot of money i don't need one i have people peel my shrimp and I may have people peel off my hands a little dirty. People peel off my underwear if it comes down to it. So you see mean gene here. I am in Boston. Let me flex these pecs for you a little bit. Put this hand up before it's over. I'm going to draw another line with my hand because that's what I do. I can't cut a promo. I've never been able to cut a promo. Look at these people up here. They don't care. They just want to look at the size of me. That's right. That's right. 
Just look at the size of my pecs. They're booing his ass here, aren't they? Yeah. That's why he stopped. These fans are, <laughs> are, are ready for somebody else, man. Yeah, that's right. And he cut it short. <laughs> you got to appreciate too. You're, uh, you're in a WWF stronghold territory. You're in the Northeast. You're in Boston. I mean, how many classic matches over the years did we see from the WWF here in Boston? But still, they're, they're, they're amped for wrestling. I mean, WCW is the hot product. The NWO is even hotter. It's all about Sting. It's all about the NWO. And uh, they're here to support in mass, but they have their idea of who their favorite stars are. Mm. Here's Mean, uh, or, or sorry, Iron Mike Tanay backstage, and he's going to get a quick promo. Let's track it decided that they can't wait until Sunday in the Great American Bash. They're arriving in the limo backstage. Gentlemen, we understand that we don't have to wait until the bash. Tonight, you will face Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah, talking about a rift between me and Flair. Me and Flair have never been more solid in our entire life. We don't have to wait for no pay-per-view. There's fighting to be done. Let's do it tonight on Nitro in front of millions. You think you're so hot outsiders calling us a couple of dinosaurs? Jurassic Park? We're a couple of hip dinosaurs. Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know the only thing that we got in common with you in Jurassic Park is the lost world, and that's what's going to happen to you when you get in the ring. Hall, Nash, Six, you've had your weight. Well, the hot ride's been absent. Tonight, we walk out that door, you'll think Bobby Orr and Larry Bird are walking the aisle in Boston tonight. Woo! So, you know, listen, we've often made fun of the little limo pull-up promos, but that one actually worked. It did because they're mega stars and they arrive in the limo, which is kind of what mega stars, it's the way it all started, right? Big stars arrive in limos. Well, I think too, it what they had a purpose. It wasn't just, Hey, we're showing them arriving to the arena. What does it mean? Why are they here? You know, that whole bullshit instead, you know, they hop out and they got something to say. Alex Wright, man, let me tell you, he's about to have a not good match with Chris Jericho. Mm. And when I saw his opponent was Chris Jericho, I got really excited and I was like, oh man, Alex Wright was always sort of a sleeper performer. Uh, you know, fans couldn't get past the, their hatred of the gimmick or his dance or whatever, but a very capable in-ring wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he's going to take on Jericho who we know in 97 was ahead of his time. And yeah, the fans aren't with it. Going to be massive, boring chance throughout it. This is a, a crowd that knows what they came to see, and they're not going to be happy until they see it. Even when they're watching a very underrated talent like Alex Wright and a bona fide Hall of Famer, Chris Jericho. I know what your react to this is going to be, but how can you not notice Alex Wright's hog? Oh my God! I mean, the thing is just cocked right over to the left there. Is left. It's like for crying out loud, you know, uh, cover that thing up. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, hypothetically. <laughs> I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to talk about Alex Wright's dick when the Chris Jericho's coming to the ring. I shouldn't because well, Jericho, well, as well, you, you said, brought was, it up. I didn't do this. You did. Well, this. I, 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 Dan, I'm, I'm going to stop it down right now, but look how, look how young Jericho is here. Wow. Look how young I was. Jesus. There's an ECW sign. Look at that, man. Counterculture. Rebels doing our own thing. 
I'm going to fuck WCW up. I'm going to fuck national TV up by putting an ECW sign up. Yeah, fuck them. There you go. Trolls before, before Twitter was fashionable. We did not make it very long into the show before you started talking about hog meat. Well, I, look, it's just, it's, it's blatantly bad. It is. It's blatantly bad. I, I guess he did it for Jim Barnett. I don't know, but it's just like, I mean, he's, whoa, you go. I mean, listen, there's good action in this, but the fans mm-hmm. are just, they're not with it, man. No, they're not because uh, listen, they're not big stars right now. Alex, uh, is not the star that he would become when he became Berlin. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just saying serious <laughs> business. Can you imagine a crowd where they chant boring at Chris Jericho? No. Ultimo dragon, Hooventude, mm-hmm. yeah. psychosis, La Parca. All right, mm-hmm. listen, you're going to chant boring at Silver King and Alex Wright. Mm-hmm. I might co-sign that. Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's almost kind of like the forerunner of, of the crowds that you see now in the WWE in that it, it wants to be the, the main player on the TV show. Well, I, I miss that. I miss any crowd right now. I got to tell you though, yeah, yeah, I, right. uh, I should mention dynamite going to be live tonight. From Jacksonville mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. TNT. Yep. And uh, there's going to be a couple knuckleheads in the crowd that you know. Yeah, I know. And I just found that out uh, like yesterday. How about that? Yeah. That's tremendous. Don't bring, I'm, I'm telling you, one of those knuckleheads that you're bringing, you better put a, put a fucking shirt on. I don't want him, I don't want him, I don't want him close to us. Are we talking about Dave Silva, Michael Dawkins, or Corey Forrester? Corey Forrester. Yeah. Every he'll... time I open up Twitter, that stupid son of a bitch has his shirt off. Okay. With a, with... I get it. I get it. What you're saying is very important, but put your shirt on so we can focus on what you're saying. I think that's one of the reasons they're going viral though. People want to see Corey's dimples. <sighs> so hypothetically, what's going to happen if Corey is in the crowd and takes his shirt off? Oh, we're going to have someone beat the fuck out of him for a shoot. Well, I'm about to call your bluff collect. Okay. Cause he's taking that shirt off. Oh, I'm going to have I, him, I'm going to have him doing Hulk Hogan poses. My God. My God. Ah, oh, bless his heart. Well, listen, if you're like me, you love taking shits. Uh, you should go back and watch this match with the sound on because the crowd's going to take a massive shit on it. Mm. They're not doing too badly. There's some, no, it's fun and, match, but the crowd's yeah. just like, yeah. There you see guys up on the right there. They don't want to see themselves on TV. I, I've brought this up before. I, and even today I'm a big, uh, proponent of no video monitors in the, no large video monitors in the, in the arenas. Cause fans get caught watching them. Yeah. And, the, and, uh, wrestlers get caught watching themselves too. Have you ever noticed that sometimes I have watch, watch, yeah, the wrestlers will like, they'll get ready to walk up top on the. And they'll look up and you can see them look at themselves in the monitor. And, and it's, it's, I, maybe it doesn't distract people, but to, for me, it's distracting. I, I just, I don't know if people notice it as much as I do or not, but I just think it's, well, they do it in, in quote unquote, real sports too. In the UFC, you see guys yeah. looking at it all the time, but they're usually trying to see the, the clock. Right. 
And you see football players as soon as uh, they make a catch or something, right? They'll look up at the sure. at the scoreboard. They, they want to, but, but that's after the plays, kind of. That guy with a pig head on the far far side there. Did you he, see that? Yes, I did. I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but that's uh, DudeTrucking.com's Jeff Jewett. Are you serious? Yep. He wore a pig mask. I did. He wore a pig mask. Mm-hmm. And what was the reasoning behind that? Was he trying to sell something or he just fucking stupid? Okay. I answered my question. <laughs> Jeez, pig mask. I'm going to, as soon as we're finished here, I'm, I'm going to text him and give him shit. Well, you need to, cause you know, he can't even get his wife to cook him supper. Really? Yep. Well, if your husband smells like shit all the time, I don't blame her. Mm. Pig mask. Holy shit. And he just kind of stood up there. Oh, there's somebody with a sign. What's that sign say? Everybody's cheering. Hey, he's just showing the fans though. By the way, uh, this, uh, this show had a dark match. Mm -hmm. Ice train mm -hmm. over Damien. There's another one too. Glacier over Mortis. Mm. That uh six man tag we started with, Dave gave three and a half stars to. Do you want to guess what rating he gave this match? Uh he probably gave it two and a half. D U D. Did he really? Yes, sir. Oh, which brings up a point. Uh, I need to say something about Dave, about Dave Meltzer. Oh, please don't be mean. I don't have any. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. Thank God. I'm gonna be the other side. Thank you. Okay. Woo. I started subscribing to the newsletter. Hell yeah. yeah. boy. Come yeah. on in. The water's fine. I've been in this okay. some bitch since 97. And so I, I read my first one, uh, just, uh, last night, the and? one that was came out on June 1st and I have never seen so much work, the work that an amount of effort that's put in that newsletter. is just, it blows me away. It is. It, it blow. I mean, it blows. I'm keep, I kept reading. I'm saying, when is it going to end? And it never did. And it's, it's chock full with so much great information. It's, and I, just take out the, the ratings, the, the stars that he had for the matches. Those are all just opinions. That's right. But just, just go for it for the actual, uh, reporting that he does. Hey, good for you, Tony. And by the way, yeah. the serious business, we, we use it as a resource on all of my shows for a long time, because I do believe it's the most valuable resource as a wrestling fan around. Like if you want to understand more about the history of professional wrestling, sure. You can read a lot of books and you can watch a lot of documentaries, but this has been a, a, a living, breathing chronicle of the professional wrestling business week by week for decades. There's right. just no better resource out there. I subscribe at wrestlingobserver.com and you should too. I've literally gotten the issues every year, every week since 1997. Mm -hmm. Uh, even when I wasn't watching wrestling, I still kept up with the news because it, it's a unique historical perspective and there's something in there for everybody. And you know, you won't need to read every, every note page to, or cover to cover. Some of it won't necessarily pique your interest, but you will find something in every issue that you enjoy. Yep. Just, uh, just absolutely amazing stuff. I just, uh, hmm. while we're at it, you should subscribe to the torch too. the archive information on that one is, is really spectacular as well. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to, as a matter of fact. Uh, the the information that he had about uh, Hannah Kimura and her death uh-huh. was uh, amazing. How he pieced that together, and it, it can't be easy getting that information. No, it can't be getting that that inf- easy getting that information, you know, from that far away that quickly, mm-hmm. you know. But the other thing is, you know, and I hate to say this, but there's your finish. We huh. um, some of his. Um, you know, when someone passes away, he does sort of a wrestling observer obituary. Uh-huh. And when you've had a long career, you know, and obviously her life was cut way, way too short, but if you've got sort of a legacy performer who was in the business for 10 or 20 or 30 years, his write-ups are just second to none. But we should mention in the observer, he would, of this particular match, he would write nitro. saw Alex Wright beat Chris Jericho in eight minutes and 46 seconds of a terrible match, which saw most heat come from the crowd bouncing around a giant beach ball, right? As a heel worked like Michael wall street. And that's not a compliment while Jericho was just off on everything. So it's just a, not a great match. They didn't mesh well, but that's not what you were worried about. You were. Hoping for a mushroom tattoo from Alex Wright. Mm, Jesus. I was not hoping for it. You just could not ignore it. Somebody had to, somebody at the gorilla position or the go position or the Jody position should have said, turn around here. Let me do something with that thing before you go out. What's he supposed to do with it? Tony? I don't know. Put, put a, uh, put a cup on and hide it in the cup. Don't take it and sling it over to the left where you can see the whole outline of it. God damn, you're counting the veins over here, son. Uh, you did, it wasn't hard to do. Um, thank God it wasn't hard. Wasn't hard to do. Now, this is back when we, uh, around the time, maybe, we're, uh, and I think we've called it one of these matches. Weren't we going to have a women's uh, cruiserweight championship at one time? Well, you, you were certainly trying to build your women's division. And mm-hmm. so there's uh, a few times in 97 where we would see, you know, some some really big stars. Uh, from Japan. And, and this is one of those examples. What a presentation this is too. here. Check this out, dude. That's quite a look, my friend. Yes, it is. Uh, interesting. Uh, we were just talking about Dave Meltzer in the wrestling observer. And I was reading about, um, you know, the, uh, talking about, I liked when Sonny snapped a photo. Anyway, uh, we're talking about, uh, the death of, uh, Hannah Kimura and he was writing up about that. And of course I have not followed women's wrestling in Japan like he has, but he brought up a, a term, uh, he brought up some, I don't know a term, but he brought up something that, that, that w- I was very interested in reading that women's wrestling in Japan is not what it used to be. Right. Now I remember what it used to be years ago. We always heard, I never did see it, but it was spectacular women's wrestling in Japan. When did that all change? When did it, when did it go quote unquote downhill? Well, new Japan pro wrestling doesn't put new Japan is the number one company, right? They don't right. have women's matches. Okay. Not a thing, but once upon a time, all Japan did and FMW did. And I mean, so you had like big promotions who would even do hardcore stuff like Toyota, uh, you know, they were just tremendous spectacles mm-hmm. in front of stadiums, but, uh, and they were really way ahead of the curve as far as you know, strong style and all that for the ladies. And at, at different points, you know, Meltzer would say that the best wrestler in the world was, was a 
female Japanese performer. And Mm -hmm. because it, you know, the way wrestling is sort of shaken out in Japan, now there is great disparity. So new Japan is sort of like the WWE of Japan. And I don't mean that in terms of content. I just mean in terms of size. Sure. So they're massive. And then, you know, way down the food chain, like, um, there's stardom, which is the the, the female promotion, which is sort of like the Japanese equivalent of an indie promotion. So while there is a lot of hardcore fans of a stardom, it's probably more like a, a GCW level fandom where if you're into game changer wrestling it's your absolute favorite promotion and you don't miss a thing they do. But if you're a wrestling fan, there's a good chance you're not all the way in the loop on game changer wrestling yet. You may have seen a clip here, there, but you couldn't say, oh, that's a GCW show. So stardom is, is at that sort of underground fandom level where if you're a super quote unquote, smart Mark, you know, it, love it. Don't miss an episode. But if you're not, then you're just all about what new Japan has and think that's probably it. I get it. It's, it's, it's just not mainstream like it used to be. Yes. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because uh, we see, uh, did she win already? Yeah. A minute and 43 seconds, uh, quite the presentation. And they're trying to set up a big match here. And Medusa is going to come have something to say about what's happening here. And again, uh, you've heard us talk about it a little bit on the commentary to the actual show. This is the go home edition of nitro before we do a pay-per-view the following weekend, uh, which is of course, great American bash in Moline, Illinois at the mark of the quad cities. I always love that there was a wrestling show happening at the mark. And here we see, uh, Medusa deliver a series of mm. suplexes and then like sticks it with a bridge right there, which mm-hmm. makes me laugh. Like they're not going to count, but she's just wanting to show, <laughs> Hey, look, I can do this move properly. She's uh, it's a wonder she didn't tip over here in 97. <laughs> I'm agreed. I'm agreeing on that. Matter of fact, I don't think those things are hoisted up. Would you, um, would you partake in a, in a Medusa taste test? Yes. Even today. You think you get any, are you, are you offering me one? You think you get any, uh, hot water at home over that? I think you could yeah. probably sell it and be like, listen, it's just a taste test. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get some heat. Well, we'll go to you know, you know, around this time. You know, you always realize that you're still in love. And, uh, so here we go. There we go. The Steiner brothers, mm. Rick and Scott. Look at him. Look at himself and the silver outfits, mm-hmm. the silver singlets. What do you think? Uh, what do you think this promo uh, with main Gene sounds like? Oh here? God. I don't know. All right, Scott. I want to ask you, Rick, I want to ask you a uh, roof roof. All right. I understand you bark, but do you also pick up your leg and take a piss? Roof, 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 roof. Well, look, roof, 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 roof. What is everybody looking up, up at the top for here? Well, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fans there, buddy. You know, there's, okay. There's it looks eight. like they're looking straight up though. I don't okay. know. Oh my God. What the fuck do we got here? Oh shit. Sister Sherry. What do you think Booker T saying? Here? Okay. Let me tell you something. Sucker. 
you ain't nothing but a motherfucking swolt up, motherfucking ham cubes, motherfucking Shoney's mother. I got something to say, Mean Gene. Suckers got to know. We're from Houston, Texas. We're going to beat the shit out of you, Georgia boys. Roof, 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 roof. Whoa! They're going to get into a fight. This was, uh, I liked the Steiner brothers against the, against Harlem heat. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good rivalry or I liked the matches they had. Even old Stevie Ray couldn't work a lick. I like that. Old Stevie Ray couldn't work a lick. <laughs> uh, that's just me ripping on a guy. Like, you know how it is. You rip on people you like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is and what rip, I do with rip. you on the show here every week. And yes, it's funny. I got taken a task for that a few weeks ago. It was like, I, By don't, whom? I don't like, it was on Twitter, but it was like, I don't like that. This Conrad chap is rude to Tony Schiavone. Oh my God. And I, I couldn't help it. And I replied, it's a show. Yeah. Come to my house. <laughs> you want to see somebody get ripped on yeah. Follow me around. <laughs> And you know what? He's getting paid when I'm ripping on him. <laughs> exactly. He's getting ripped at his house for free. I'm taking bullshit at my house and not getting a check for it. <laughs> In fact, I, she takes your check. Yes. Sometimes I want to look at it and say, well, you just leave, give me a dollar. Make me feel good. Can I have some Ooh. of my own money, please? <laughs> yeah, that's it. My own fucking money. Oh, well, that is a great look though. That crowd, isn't it? Dude. It's unreal. I, I want, yeah. here's the thing too. I look at this and I wonder, will we ever get back to that? No. Uh, well, in the state of the country right now, we might, when, when things open completely up, fans say, yeah, we want to see it again. Right. Did you see when they opened up some of the Vegas casinos that it was just packed elbow to asshole? No, dude. It's just people running around like nothing ever happened. Nobody's wearing a mask It's business as usual. And all I'm thinking mm -hmm. is. We're about to get locked down again. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Let's make a, let's make a bet on that. Okay. Okay. If we get locked down again, mm -hmm. uh, we get to pick what I have to do. No, no, no. If we get locked down again, I get to pick what you have to do. And I'm going to no. say, you got to get a mushroom tattoo. <laughs> now, if we don't get locked down again, what do I have to do? Uh, uh, you have to deliver Whitney right to my front door. Dude, she's been dying to come hang. Oh, oh out of nowhere. Kevin green wow. attacks Mongo. Mm. Let's see if Mongo does something that's going to wind up on Twitter real soon. <laughs> Boy, Kevin oh. green did not know where to help him out at all. No, had to deadlift his ass into it. Here comes Doug Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness that was a little uh, less spectacular than what they hoped for mm -hmm. <laughs> oh doug dellinger and all of his uh charlotte cops kevin green has not gotten the memo mm -mm. no as they say kevin green's going into business for himself here Meltzer of this uh you know he has a funny comment we were thankfully spared a Steve McMichael Conan match, which was absolutely scaring hearing the announcer saying it was coming up next when Kevin green attacked McMichael and they brawled all over the place while Hugh Morris 
cracked a, bro- a broom over Conan's head. Did we see the broom? Do we miss it? Yep. On TV? By the on way, on what, purpose? No. As a reminder, Ultimo Dragon would beat Psychosis at Great American Bash. Harlem Heat would beat the Steiner Brothers by DQ at Great American Bash. Conan would beat Hugh Morris at Great American Bash. Akira Hokutu would put her title on the line against Medusa, who was putting her career on the line. And Akira wins. Medusa loses, so she now has to retire. Uh, and Kevin Green would pick up a win over Steve McMichael. That's a real match on pay-per-view just six days after this. Can you believe that you guys put Kevin Green and Steve McMichael not in a mixed tag, not in a six-man, not in a tag team, but against each other on pay-per-view? Yes, I can believe that. I can believe that we would do anything during this era. Nothing would shock me. Nothing would surprise me. And by the way, most of the time it worked. Mm, Yeah, it, uh, it got the pop that we wanted, I guess. And obviously with the numbers going up, it did, but I, I I think what we just saw here or didn't see here said all that we needed, all that we need to know about our promotion. What do you mean? Well, we, we completely missed that shot. Oh, that that's to me, that says it all that that's just, uh, that's a company that can't get out of its own way. Now I'm not faulting production of that. That could have been Hugh Morris going on his own, but why can't we coordinate it in the back with production? Here he comes, get the shot. Okay. And look who it is. Yeah. The man we have to thank for all this greatness we're watching right now. Yep. The incomparable Eric Bischoff. And here comes Hulk Hogan in a rare white NWO shirt. Mm. You're going to see a lot of that tonight, a white shirt with a black imprint of the NWO. And he's got the uh, spray painted big gold belt. We're going to play a little air guitar. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he got a big pop. I, I sure would like to track this. I want to hear what he says. Well, we'll track it's- the promo, but you know, they're not playing the real song. Here's what they dub. Right. Executive right. committee. Hogan must face Luger non-title. So they're dubbing the NWO theme in. Right. But yeah. in my opinion, and I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I believe this is where they're already playing the Jimi Hendrix version for him. Right. Oh. I wonder what that costs to license for the network now. Wow. That's, I don't know. By the way, is that the most iconic championship in history or what? Sure is. I mean, cause you don't just have all the great Jim Crockett stuff. Cause Crockett had their best year in 86 and 87. Like it was just going to be bananas. And then it comes crashing down in 88, but then you fast forward and it's the belt that Hulk Hogan turns heel with and spray paints and plays air guitar. And this is the, the most prolific belt of all time. Not necessarily the design, just that particular set of plates and leather. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And, and I, I know this is silly yeah. shit, man, but this is what the crowd's here for. They want Hulk Hogan. They want the NWO. They want this sting storyline. They're ready for it. And uh, let's remind you the whole sting crochet started in September, uh, late September. This is early June. We'll track a little bit of Eric Bischoff. But you know, Hollywood, I got two words. 
for J.J. Dillon and the executive committee. And guess what they are? Fight me! There ain't no way, no how anybody in WCW is going to force this man to get into the ring until he's ready. Is that right, Hollywood? Well, you know, Mr. Bischoff. So the storyline, as a quick reminder, when we saw Lex Luger come out, the gist of the pitch was, Hey, we're not going to have to wait, uh, until next month at the pay-per-view in July, we're going to go ahead and take Hulk Hogan's belt tonight. So Lex mm-hmm. Luger is going to wrestle Hulk Hogan tonight in Boston. Mm. And he got a big pop for that, but they really want to see Hulk Hogan. But the, the push was, as you recall, we've got Lex Luger and the giant on one side, Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman on the other. And that's the July pay-per-view. So it's five weeks from now. So to just get Hulk Hogan out of your system, he's not going to be at the great American bash. So let's make sure that we have him with a match here on nitro. And it's not going to happen in the last position, believe it or not. So him and Lex Luger are about to hook it up right here uh, at the crossover, because this would have been at the top of the hour for hour two, a very critical thing in, in professional wrestling. Right, Tony? Right. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, that th- we were very strategic in where we put things obviously because of ratings and rating points. And uh, so, yeah, this is, this is the big crossover. So. Man, big time stuff. You know, this, uh, the lights and everything and Hogan's appearance, it, 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 it looked big. I mean, it was big, but it, it looked like major sports. Didn't it, it? The production here is very, mm-hmm. very well done. Mm-hmm. And look how the lighting is about to change. You know, so Hogan does his promo mm-hmm. fans are reacting to it. As you said, it's lit awesomely. We've brought down all the lights. We've got an effect going through the crowd, a big spotlight on Hulk Hogan. And, and the fans, yeah, here we come. And the lights come on and Lex Luger is walking to the ring. Mm. I think this might be the best Luger ever looked. Yeah. At different times he had more mass, but he's leaned out here. I mean, he looks like a bodybuilder. Oh yeah. He's solid, man. He's oiled up. And as we know, in August, we're going to see that title switch. Let's track this moment here. Oh, hey, wait a minute, Luger. You heard what the man said. Who do you think you are? You know, maybe you didn't hear me back there. Or maybe you just wanted to come out here to see what a real body looked like. But look in my eyes, brother. There's no way in this lifetime that you could ever beat me in the squared circle where Hollywood rules. So pack your bags, pack your Hollywood wannabe body out of here and get out of my face before I destroy you. Common, you're both Hollywood wannabes. You wish you were half the man that Hollywood Hogan is. And you know what? You will never, ever be. You're not built for it. You're not smart enough. You are just not the man, Luger. What? Good. Go get it, man. 
Randy Anderson to the ring. He's had to give it a bell. Hogan's down. Dude, do you hear that crowd? Wow. Dude. You know, Eric was great as a little Weasley fucker, wasn't he? God, he was so good. Oh, underrated. God. And here comes the NWO, not the black and white crew, the white and black crew. How about those mm-hmm. white shirts? Mm. I, I, I don't know the reason why they went to white with this show. They're I, trying I to sell more t-shirts, Bubba. Oh, of course they are. You know, listen, everybody at this point, everybody's got the black and white. Maybe they right. need the white and black, which is ultimately why they did the Wolfpack thing too. You know I mean? Right. With the red. Sure. I know a lot of people were critical of that, but to me, even as a kid, I was like, oh, they're just trying to sell more t-shirts and guess yeah. what they did. Cause I had the white one, the black one, the red one. I had them all. <laughs> oh God. I love guys like you back then. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, well, thankfully they exist now. There's going to be a lot of people buying your new AW action figures, man. I can't tell you not a day goes by where I don't have a random DM about, can you get me those AW figures early? They're pretty, they're pretty sweet. They're well done. Dude. And how about this? I believe we are going to have an opportunity for fans to, uh, get their hands on some of those figures early just because they listen to what happened when. Oh, how about that? You just never know what you come up with when you listen to us. And you never know what we're going to do. And by the way, to all of our fans on Patreon, we appreciate we had our we had our first uh, Zoom chat uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, and I thought, well, it's going to be a clusterfuck. And in many ways it was, but it was so much fun. It you really know, was. The clusterfuck aspect of that can be fun at different times. Mm-hmm. Right. Because a lot of unintentional comedy is born out of it. Yeah. A lot of good guys. And gals out there who are with us on uh, are Patreon. You, are you using like a secret code name for Zoom when you log into Zoom? Do you have a, like a, a go-to nickname? No, I I use I don't know what what comes up on there. Well, I guess sh- Tony Shivani comes up. Oh, on there don't do that. Let's change it to your rap name. My rap name? Yeah. Okay. I will. Glad you said rap. I thought maybe you said rat name. No, no, we know that's Veronica, but we can't talk about her on air. (laughs) Uh, but no, your rap name, little nappy, little nappy dugout. No, no, no. That that's something else. I'm referring to your hair and the fact that it's very unwashed. Oh yeah. Little nappy, little nappy. Okay. Not little Lil L L nappy. Okay. Okay. Little nappy. Man, look (laughs) Referee Randy Anderson just going uh-huh. absolutely bananas, calling for the bell. Uh-huh. So Lex Luger picks up the submission win, but the title will not change hands, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, but he beat Hulk Hogan here on Nitro, and he's getting a beat down from the Outsiders and Six as a result. And of course, Bischoff jumps in and raises Hulk Hogan's hand anyway. Great stuff. Yeah, when they when they shit can the referee, threw him out. Fans were, you know what, as much as this is quote unquote Hogan territory being Boston. Wow. You know what? I get it. Second hour of nitro. We're started it, but we started right on a Hogan leg drop. Yep. And it cut away from it. Okay. Let's do it again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But anyway, the fans really popped when Luger put him in the rack. Didn't they? Oh, they were ready for it, man. Yeah, they really were. 
you know, listen, I'm not saying they're pulling for Hulk Hogan necessarily, but they, they like the NWO. The NWO is cool. And mm-hmm. what makes the cool, what makes it cool necessarily is not Hulk Hogan. What makes it cool is the guys in the white shirts right now, Hall and Nash. And of course six. And by the way, how about, uh, Kevin Nash just looking up, right? Now, you know Every- why he's looking up, right? I know why he's looking up. That's why everybody's looking up. No, hang on now. The reason the fans are looking up is they're ready for sting to come down. Right. You were saying that the performers wanted to see themselves on the thing. I think now if they're looking up and the fans are looking up, they're ready for sting to come in and come save the day. Save his old pal, Lexi, Flexi, Lexi. Right. So that's, that's the concern, right? If you're a member of the NWO, you're wondering when he's going to drop down just a little casual look, look up. By the way, um, in the observer around the same time, uh, David, Wright, Kimberly Falkenberg has a spot on the pay-per-view TNA show called best built babe swimsuit spectacular Two, airing throughout June on action pay-per-view. She does two short interviews and poses in a one piece and they air clips of her from WCW was lowest contacted for best built babe swimsuit spectacular Two, to the best of your knowledge. No, That's she was shame. not. That's a shame. But, but in 1997, even though she had uh, four or five children, uh, she was holding her own. Oh, I'm not saying she wasn't. Dude, how about yeah. Hogan and Bischoff here maxing and relaxing? How about this uh, pose laying down in the ring? Geez. What do you think Hogan's saying right here? Uh, yeah, brother, let me tell you this is my house. These are my people. I built Vince McMahon's business. And as far as I'm concerned, I am the man. Not only that, Kimberly Falkenberg, I'd take a shot of that too. Well, and who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Mm. Best babes. How old was Hogan here? You he wanna, was. You want to guess? Uh, 43, 44. I think you're going to be pleased with what you just said, my friend, because you nailed it. Wow. Seriously. He was born in 53. So, I mean, you're all over it, it my friend. How about that? He's, uh, he's 43. He's going to turn 44 two months after this. So God Hogan is, damn, you nailed it. Hogan is 67 right now. <clears throat> Time marches by quickly. Oh, empty seats. Get away from that. Hey, uh, no, those empty seats are camera kills. Camera kills. Right. Yeah. I get that. But you still, you don't want to show it. No, I get that. But I'm saying it's not like <clears throat> you couldn't have fucking shoehorned another person in the other seats. <laughs> it's packed. You, uh, you really think we're going to have another, uh, lockdown? Yeah. Okay. Oh, don't say stuff like that on the show. We're going to get thrown off the air. No, we're not. No, I'm not going to say the lo- I'm not, I'm not going to say that. There- All right. I won't say it. By the way, the word came down from the top that Turner wants no more words like ass or damned used on the wrestling show. Hmm. Can you believe that the WWF is, is going to start doing what they're doing in the summer of 97 forward DX mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you guys have been told don't say ass or damn. Yeah, I can believe it, it was no. a different time. It was a different Turner empire back then. I'll say ass or damn. 
by the way, uh, in the observer Meltzer would write JJ Dillon, who is packing on the poundage. <laughs> I couldn't believe that as a, just a comma who is packing mm-hmm. on the poundage said he was finding Randy Savage 50 grand. And then Savage came out to attack him again, but DDP makes the save and they do yet another pull apart. <laughs> I think JJ <laughs> looks kind of cool here. Yeah. For a fat ass, he looks great. You need to learn how to, when you're standing up, you need to button your jacket like Gene has, but you can't when you got a big belly sticking out of there. Boy, you're hurtful. No, I'm just making an observation. An observation. Seems kind of hurtful. By the way, as a reminder, um, Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan had a match rated in the Observer. What what do you think? You know he was not a big fan of Hogan or Lex. How many stars? This had to be at least a, a dud or a minus star. They got one star. Oh, it did. He liked it better than uh, Chris Jericho and Alex Wright. Well, he probably had to do. He probably had to give it one star because of the fan reaction on the rack. I mean, it would be you couldn't when the fans popped on that that torture rack. You couldn't give the match like. And boy, JJ is putting him to sleep right now, isn't he? Holy shit! What do you think he's saying right now? Who fucking knows? Listen I used to-, to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't last long. And the people that you listen to my podcast, by the way, here are still asleep. And Rich Bocchini. Thank you for working that in. I needed okay. it. <laughs> I needed it. They, uh, they, they, they got rid of that podcast, didn't they? Yeah. Or it got rid of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wrestling podcast, unless they are very organized, unless they're, <clears throat> Wrestling podcasts, unless they have Conrad Thompson, are <laughs> aren't going anywhere. End of story. Who we got? Oh, here you go. Ooh, yeah. Go. You got to track him. I got to uh, hear him. Where? Where is promo from the crowd? Ooh, yeah. I got a hundred thousand dollars. That says fifty thousand for last week. 50000 for this week when I come down there and do it again. You're not going to get away with that, Savage. Gene, I don't like the looks of this. Now, even Randy Savage doesn't have a, a bottomless wallet. I'm serious. That fine's going to stay. And this weekend at the Bash, there is going to be a winner. What do you think DDP's saying here? Mm. Kill the music. I'm bringing Kimberly out here to take a look at everything that ice train knows and the giant knows and Randy, if you'd like to know, God, Kimberly just, Kimberly couldn't look bad. Even if she in the bottom left of our screen in some sort of shitty outfit. By the way, what do you think of uh, DDP's goofy ass pleather duster? Mm. Yeah, that's a. The nod towards. No, I'll, you'll see what it is later. Okay. I, I, I'm God wrong. damn. How good looking is Miss Elizabeth right there? Yeah, she, she. Oh, that's the look right there. That That is, man. She was so sexy. That was way better than the old WWF stuff. I didn't see it back then, but. Yeah. Oof, see it there. Lord body. Mm. Every time I see her, it makes me sad. By the way, uh, have I told you about 
my sunglass situation at the pool. No. Do you wear your sunglasses at night? No, I'm not an <laughs> asshole. Who does that? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, as we see the macho man working his way through the crowd, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I did the whole beach house thing. I don't know, a month back, maybe a little more. And, yep. uh, Corey Ryan Forrester showed up and he, uh, he was wearing something that I actually sent him a link to, but I'd forgotten about, man, the fans were all over savage. They ripped his shirt before he ever got to the ring. Wow. And of course, immediately they're separated. Just as Meltzer talked about, they're going to be in a false count anywhere match headlining the pay-per-view in six days. So this is a necessary scene to sell the show. Uh-huh. As you go to commercial here. Anyway, Corey shows up wearing macho madness sunglasses from the WWE shop. Mm. And I thought, man, those are actually cooler in person than I thought. And then when he showed or when he, uh, was around and Megan came down to the pool, I said, Hey, did you see those sunglasses? And she said, Oh my God, do they make these in other colors? And I just sort of tilted my head like a dog that heard the Andy Griffith show whistle. Mm-hmm. Like, what did she say? And she said, you don't think this would be awesome if we had some of these for the pool. And you know, it's been said on the show here, my wife, not exactly a big wrestling fan. So for her to say, do they have multiple colors of this made me happy? Like, Hey, she likes something wrestling related. How about that? Mm. So I went to Amazon and I typed in macho man sunglasses. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of them. Wow. So, uh, I bought them all (laughs) now by my pool downstairs. uh, As you recall from the other times you would visit, I had a bunch of like dollar throwaway promo sunglasses that said Conradison on the side. Mm -hmm. Well, now I have 36 or 37 different pair of macho man sunglasses. They're all different. There's no duplicates, but there's just multiple. So that way, when somebody, anytime somebody has been to the pool this summer and they say, Oh man, it sure is bright. I forgot to bring my sunglasses. Uh, they inevitably will turn to me and say, do you have an extra pair of sunglasses I can borrow? And through that process over the years, I lost a whole bunch of Ray-Bans and other shit that was, I don't know, not exactly something I was hoping to lose. Yeah, right. I get that. And I would say, so now when they say, Hey, do you have an extra pair of sunglasses I can use? The answer is always, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) But those people walk around for the rest of the day. Wearing Slim Jim inspired sunglasses. <laughs> and there's no denying where they got it. It's not like they'll just accidentally leave with it, forget that they had it, keep it in a car door or a drawer or whatever, and not remember the time they bought Macho Man sunglasses with lightning bolts. Now they know, hey, these these were Conrad's. I gotta I gotta take these back. But I got, got I got it. three dozen pair. So when you come over and if you need a little eyewear protection, I got you. That is that that's cool. And it is amazing that it was started with Corey Ryan Forster. Well, in fairness, when they first released the sunglasses, I was delivered an ad on social media when they were promoting it. And I just forwarded it to him. Cause I was like, Hey, he's the only asshole I know who would wear these in public. And sure enough, within 10 minutes, he sent me back an order confirmation that not only did he see my link, he bought them immediately. But the joke was on me because when he wore them to the pool, Megan was like, dude, these are awesome. And by the way, some of the, uh, returns that you get when you type in macho man, sunglasses are Uh essentially Joey Janela shades. So 
even though I'm saying I've got like three dozen pair of Macho Man glasses, I've probably got two dozen and then like a dozen different Janellas. When you type those in now, it should pop up uh, First Family Mortgage in your address. If you want them, call him. So Bobby the Brain Heenan has joined us here. And uh, I, you know one thing I noticed, and, I, and I, let me let me get this out first, uh, that the I don't know if the design of the building or they wanted this way, but did you notice that the entryway was not right down the center of of a section? No, I didn't. I'll pay more yeah. attention to that. Okay. And next time if they do a wide shot, notice how off center the entranceway is. Uh, so anyway, so Bobby, the brain Heenan and me and Mike Tanay and, uh, Lee Marshall and Lois Shavani. Lois Shavani was there that night, by the way, she's in Boston. Yeah. She's in Boston. Uh, one of the few times she would come to the show, she came to a number of, uh, Las Vegas shows, but she went to Boston with us. Oh, I, I remember why she went to Boston. Grady Little was not the manager of the Red Sox at the time, but he was a coach with the Red Sox, and he's a friend of ours, and we were hanging out with Grady and his wife, Debbie. So she came to Boston. Please come to Boston for a nitro. So anyway, I uh, we, we would always, I, I've told this story how Bobby and Tanae and I would always take our garments, our bags, and put them in the back of the rental car before the show started. So when the bell sounded and we were off the air, so this big bell sounded, we were off the air, we would go directly to the car, directly to the car, and uh, and hop in and leave. Well, so this time, to, to park the car behind or beside of the fleet center, you have to give your key to the security guy so he can move it in case it needs to be moved. So we all go running down and we can't find the security guy. And now Heenan is panicking out of his fucking mind, almost to where he's in tears. I'm I, And he says, we need to get this car. These people, these people are going to come out of this building any time. Now we need to get this car. We need to get out of here. Finally get the car and today's driving. Heenan's in the front. Lois and I are in the back with Karen today. And, um, uh, and goo or Lee Marshall. We're just jammed in the back. And as we finally drive along the alleyway, fans come swarming at the doors and they're pounding on the car. And Heenan is going, Heenan's go, he's like a little bitch. He's going like crazy. And Lois says, is he always like this? I said, Oh yeah, he's worse. And he, he you, you had to see Heenan, one of his shooting hissy fits to really see the Bobby Heenan that we saw. And it, it's funny that when I think of this show, that's what I think of most of all. I don't think of Sting. I don't think of Luger. I don't think of Piper and Flair. I think of Heenan's hissy fit, not getting out in time. And it was one of many that he pulled on us, trying to leave a building where we didn't leave in time. Because he was, and I guess this was, I guess this was old time heat, right? He was legitimately frightened of fans. He was scared of them. And, and I guess it's from the old days when he was a heel manager and he had, you know, legitimate heat, but fans loved Heenan back then. I mean, they did. He was Bobby the brain Heenan. He wasn't the heel shit manager in the AEW or, uh, AWA. And it just, uh, was, uh, he was anxiety ridden though. Yeah. Yes, exactly. By exactly. the way, we got Jeff Jarrett challenging Dean Malenko for the U S title. 
Mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning. Uh, most people, when they think of Dean Malenko, they think of the cruiserweight title, but he was in fact the U S champion. And we are going to see a title switch here. They're going to put that title on Jeff Jarrett mm. in a two and three quarter star match. You notice how Deborah walked out right before the break. Yep. Okay. Jeff walks out with his nameplate or the graphic lower third, whatever you want to call it. It said, Jeff Jarrett with Deborah McMichael. He walked out by himself. I'm thinking that they said in the truck, Hey, we got his, we got her name on the graphic. And they said, okay, we'll bring her out. So I think it was one of those WCW being WCW things. Just small shit like that to me. Just really graded on me. Just really pissed me off. How much of that is because you're just mean and hateful? No, and it, it's maybe it's because I'm uh, I'm not mean and hateful. You some bitch. Oh, why are you fussing at me? Okay, because you call me mean and hateful. No, a part of that is because I'm just a, a perfectionist about a lot of things. I don't know, but I'm not mean and hateful, motherfucker. Oh, speaking of hateful, can we talk about uh, your old friend Taz? Yeah. He's mean and hateful. Really? To you? Or just anybody in in general? With what he's been doing on uh, AEW lately, I mean, Mm. he's encouraging Brian Cage to destroy everybody. Mm. Well, the the upshot of all that is, I think, we're seeing some pretty damn good promos. Yeah, Black Towel Jones is back. Uh, I do think it's fun, though, that, you know, he, uh, Brian Cage used to, tag with flip Gordon every now and again. And they called themselves the flipping machines, which is kind of fun. Right. But back in the day, I don't know. I mean, you've talked about this, but you know, Taz's, uh, initial or one of his early ECW theme songs was war machine by kiss. No, we, we never talked about that. Did you not know that he used a kiss song for a ring? No, I did, I did not uh-uh. see. I thought that would bring y'all closer together. Hmm. That, you know, cause I know you're a big kiss fan to the point that you even want your first tattoo, which is definitely going to have to be a mushroom tattoo once we get locked down again. But, uh, your second tattoo is going to be L O I S the name mm-hmm. of your bride of 39 years, uh, in the kiss font. Right. Well, anyway, I'm saying all that to say, I recently learned, uh, and you'll have to remind Taz of this when you see him again this week, that he was really just laser Tron too. Like that was the whole gimmick. That was his gimmick is laser Tron too. He's like, but that was a, you know, a property owned by somebody else. So, you know, the WWF had the original ultimate warrior. Y'all couldn't call somebody ultimate warrior. So he's the renegade, but we know it's really just like a cheap carbon copy. Right. Right. Well, that's what Taz was for Hector Guerrero's laser Tron. Mm. And you want me to say this to Taz? Well, no, he knows it. Okay. Because I mean, when Taz came to the ring to, to war machine, but you know, 10 years before him, Lasertron did. Mm. So, and, and we also have learned here on the show that Taz was really just a Halloween gimmick. Mm. You know, he was always in orange and black mm-hmm. and, um, trick or treat me. If you can mm. uh, have candy, if I let you, I mean, that was, the I whole- just, I just want to, I just want to smarten up our listeners that this is all being done because he knows that I'm going to be seeing Taz first. Yes. And I'm going to have to answer to all this shit that I'm not saying. Yes. But bro, you were there. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Yikes. Well, I have no, I have more than one reason to avoid Taz now. Hmm. The easiest way to avoid Taz is just put your phone on silent. I'm fucked. If Taz, if Taz texts you and you don't text back in an appropriate matter of time, like five minutes, you got heat brother. If you didn't text back because you were in the pool with Mm. your family, Mm. doesn't matter. You're getting dumped on your fucking head. Mm. Brother. You ever heard it? You ever talked to him on the phone, which you know you have and he, and he'll say, Hey, I know you're busy. I won't keep you but a minute. And then 45 minutes later. That's right. As soon as he says that, you know, you're fucked. Now I actually used to have, uh, a more regular back when life back pre COVID. Okay. I talked to Taz multiple times a week, every week, but during COVID we ran out of shit. to talk about. What are you doing? Nothing. How about you? Nothing. Good talk. See you later. Uh, well, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. The world's better with Taz in it. Oh yeah. He's the man, dude. Yeah. Yes. I just watched, you know, this coming Friday is the 15 year anniversary of ECW's one night stand, which as you know, is my favorite show of all time. Right. So I like, uh, had a little get together at the house to celebrate the anniversary in the home theater. And, uh, it was awesome, man. It was just a great pay-per-view, but I managed to, or Clint from Hershey helped me secure the pay-per-view feed. So it had all the original songs in it, not the mm. WWE network overdubbed horseshit. Wow. And it was really fantastic to watch it with all my friends. And there's a spot for Taz in there. And I think everybody forgot, but Taz comes out and chokes out Kurt Angle. It's great stuff. Mm. And we're going to be covering it on uh, something to wrestle this Friday. Here on Westwood One, you can get it early and ad free over adfreeshows.com. Uh, Dean Malenko and uh, Jeff Jarrett having a pretty good little match here. Look, yes, they are, but I don't know that yeah. Dean Malenko is capable of having a bad one. Yeah, I that I agree. We know Jeff Jarrett can have bad ones, but I don't mm-hmm. think Dean Malenko. I agree that too. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Look who it is. Eddie Guerrero with his oh. arm in a sling, climbing over the guardrail. Were we talent rich or what back then? Oh, he's going to come off the top of the friggy frog. Takes that arm right out of the sling. And lays it on him. Frog splash for Dean Malenko. There you go. Leaves the sling on him. Scoots right out. And now sling blade can come back and check and see what happened. Hmm. Scott Dickinson really is the sling blade of referees. Yeah, he is. That's that's written somewhere. It may be, it may be on, have a drink, Jeff. It may be on Wikipedia or maybe on somebody's website that he was the son of Ralphus, which I don't think is true. I think they were just making fun of him and oh, Ralphus. People say awful shit about people on oh. Wikipedia all the time. Oh, no, it's terrible. Anybody can edit a Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. So figure four, I mean, it used to say that I, that I had a, uh, a hot tub filled with gravy and everybody knows that's not true. It was my infinity pool filled with gravy. (laughs) I mean, get your shit together. Wikipedia. (laughs) That's it. There's a new champion. Yeah. 
That's the same belt that David Flair would hold one day. So, uh, effectively Jeff Jarrett has just killed the goddamn belt <laughs> and he turned it upside down because yeah, right. he's sling blade. Jesus. You ever see the movie life with Eddie Murphy? Bernie no, Mac? no life. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. It's tremendous. It's a prison movie from how did you not see life? I just didn't. Well, there's a character in it called can't get right. <laughs> That's Scott Dickinson. Can't get right. Can't get right. Malenko looking, where did that sling come from? How many mornings did you wake up and see a used condom on the floor and you pick it up and have that same puzzled look like, where did this come from? <laughs> did I use this? Was this used on me? Tony Schiavone thoughts <laughs> in college. Mm. How old were you I, when you first bought a rubber? I'm not so sure I ever bought one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those 38 kids would agree. What do you think Mean Gene's saying here to uh, Jimmy uh, Hart? Well, uh, Jimmy Hart, don't you think Tony Schiavone may have, should have brought a condom or two when he was, uh, before he had those 40 kids? Well, let me tell you something, brother. Beans and taters, beans and taters. They had to close down the tiki deck and Jimmy, had some, but I'm going to open up one on Key West again. I'm going to open up one maybe in Tallahassee on the Redneck Riviera. And I will get these two fuckers out of here, would you? And wait a minute. We are going to be, holy shit. Kevin Sullivan has returned. That's right. The booker has come back here to WCW Monday Nitro and take a look. Oh my God, Conrad. Yeah, the uh, the African American version of Big Booty Judy is here. Jackie, Jackie looked at all that, didn't she? Yeah, I'm telling you the. Uh, oh, oh my God! What? I didn't. I, I forgot how how voluptuous she was. I'm telling you, if Big Booty Judy had that outfit mm -hmm. and she had a weave, mm -hmm. it's like you know, ebony and ivory. Mm -hmm. By the way, Kevin Sullivan here thinks that he's over with this Boston crowd. So he's cutting a low key baby face promo here right. about being in Boston, which is just right. tremendous for me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's his home. Look at the talent we've seen on this show, man. I know, man. Miss Elizabeth, Diamond Dallas Page, Macho Man, La Parca. Hooventude, Psychosis, Ultima Dragon, um, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair, Chris Jericho, Akira Hokutu, Medusa, Harlem Heat, the Steiner Brothers, Conan. Uh, it's it's just unbelievable. Jeff Jarrett, yeah. Dean Malenko, Kevin Sullivan, Guerrero, and then you know the main event coming up. Uh, as you, as home. you could see, the payroll was pretty vast. <laughs> well, but the income is too. My goodness. Yeah. When you said, you said an all time WCW record really processed that. There was never a pay-per-view that may, and look who it is. Oh shit, man. And we are straight to it. It's worth mentioning at this point, Benoit is, uh, yeah. With Mrs. Yeah. Sullivan. Yeah. They're laying them in here. Yeah. They're laying them in. See, look at Kevin. Kevin could lay them in, man, with the best. 
Ming, now, Ming thankful, yeah. just like, hey, let me do a wrestling move. You guys quit hitting <laughs> each other for real. The fact is that Ming and the Barbarian could have beaten up everybody on in camera right here and probably beaten up half the people at ringside. What, what would you rather take? Shoot punches from Kevin Sullivan or working punches from Ming and Barbarian? I, I, don't, I don't want to get anywhere near Ming or Barbarian. You'd rather Kevin Sullivan beat you up for real? Yes. That's probably fair. Raw sucks. How about zooming in on that? Wow. Who would have made that call to zoom in on that sign? Uh, it would have been, uh, Craig leathers. You love shitting on him, don't you? Yeah. Fuck him. Is he your favorite person to shit on? Yes. Well, he and Annette Yoder. Hmm. Okay. There was the, there was look, look at that. this, a, a guy pissing on a WWF logo. <laughs> God, my. The zoom in on that. Uh-huh. The, I feel we like, were, I feel like this is how you and Excalibur and Jim Ross walk past Taz on your way to call dynamite, <laughs> just like real slow hand gestures, strutting your shit. How you are just, you are just, you are just setting this shit up for me, man. He's going to dump you on your fucking head. Bro. Oh yes, he is. If you think I'm not going to be in the crowd on dynamite tonight, wearing that Taz towel over my head. I'm serious. I'm wearing that Taz towel. Well, I'm going to wear one of these suplexes, so you might as well wear the towel. Yeah, and we're both going to wear them on our heads. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he'll just walk by you, you know, and I'll smile at him, and he'll say, What are you smiling at? No, yeah. One time he said, I just just want to fucking choke you out. Yeah. I say, Well, have a nice day there, Taz. Fucker. He wakes up angry. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's in today's society. He's not the only one. And uh, so maybe he fits in very well. Let's see if they show that wide shot again of, uh, of that, uh, entryway. I, Cause I think that's very unique. I don't, I don't know if we've ever had it ever. There's Dennis Rodman. Um, Clearly the look he's going for. He's got the Dennis t-shirt on, got the crazy hair, uh-huh. got the shades like Dennis wore doing a little Rodman cosplay. Uh, well, again, it's, uh, the, the crossover we got from Rodman was legit. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, he's a pop culture icon. I mean, he's doing sure. book signings and wedding dresses and he's a big star and here yes. comes the nature boy himself. And the fans are amped up for him too. Okay. It's, you see the, ent- see the entrance. I see how this? That yeah. is unique. Yeah, it's kind of on one side. Usually it goes right down the middle of a section, but it's, I don't know if it's. You guys uh, did that a few times. I've seen that a few times on Nitro. Okay. I like the look though. I do too. It's, it's different. It's cool. And, uh, I need that set right there. I want that to be like in my garage. So whenever mm. I go out to getting, uh, one of my vehicles, I can do a little strut and have a little pyro show, a little laser. You got any information behind the red robe? Yeah. This is the one that they, um, would eventually cut up. Oh man. Flair got nailed with a drink. Just takes it in stride and keeps strutting that ass. Yes, sir. How about, how about that's how over the NWO is that they're throwing drinks at a baby face, Ric Flair. Exactly. But no, this is the one where, when Mr. Perfect would, uh, would turn on the horseman Mm -hmm. that cut the sleeves off Mm. and, and perfect wore it to the ring and. Hogan played with it the whole deal. Well, one of the sleeves wound up with the big show. 
So to this day, Big Show has a Ric Flair robe sleeve somewhere in one of his many homes. How cool does uh, uh, Roddy Piper look here? He looks like a movie star there. Yeah, he does. He 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 knew how to make an entrance, and nobody's going to throw a beer on him. I don't think. I'm just saying he looks like uh, he's in a Mel Gibson movie. He's like the he's a grizzled cop who's on the fringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His shoulder pops out of place and he needs help popping it back in. Look at the fans pop for him. He's going through a divorce and he's trying to get his wife back, but he sure does love his kid, but he's been sleeping in his car lately. What? And he saw something funny happen and he thinks that people are smuggling guns in. Find out next week on as the Piper turns. (laughs) Meanwhile, Flair's like, when can we get to the bar? So this is going to be a very disappointing main event, right? Yeah. Here's what Meltzer would write on the WCW side. It was actually a worked match in the ring that precipitated the real problems. Flair and Piper were wrestling Hall and Nash in a non-title match because remember the outsiders are the tag champs. The early part of the match consisted of Flair and Hall brawling in one corner and Piper and Nash in the other. Nash claimed Piper wasn't doing what they agreed on doing, although Nash didn't appear to want to sell much for Piper. The match storyline was that Piper would work and sell the match leading to Flair's hot tag. However, Piper looked horrible. And even with the star power, the match was killed and was well into the negative stars. Piper also called for the finish way too early, about six minutes into a match that was scheduled for 12 minutes, which meant the post-match brawl to end the show literally lasted forever. After the show went off the air, it was Hogan and Savage and not Hall and Nash. who remained in the ring to brawl with Flair and Piper and for Flair and Piper to clean house on. And Piper ended up in the ring, holding the WCW heavyweight tag team and cruiserweight belts up in the air while Flair finished the fight. After the show, Nash went to Piper's private dressing room and knocked on the door very hard. Apparently there's been heat between, uh, Craig Malley, Piper's bodyguard. Uh, opened the door, uh, Nash basically pie faced Piper, which is throwing something of a palm blow and shoving him into the wall. Piper tried to kick Nash's bad knee before Mally and Ric Flair, who was there with Piper acted as peacemakers and quickly broke it up before anything serious took place, but also leaving the heat between the two unresolved. According to two versions of the story. Nash and Malley did nearly go at it as well, but Malley, who is obviously much smaller, backed down. Most of the internal heat within WCW was on Piper for not doing what they had agreed to do in the ring and then calling for the finish early, making the show ending brawl to go so long it totally lost its focus as well. There have been problems with the Wolfpack and Flair and Piper stemming from the beginning of the hype for the six-man tag in Charlotte where Flair and Piper didn't want six in the match because they didn't feel he was a big enough star and where Kevin Green didn't want to turn on Flair as the company wanted. At one point, the entire match was in jeopardy because Piper didn't want his team to lose, which was the original plan. And since he has creative control of his programs, he asked to do a singles match with six who he liked personally and thought he could prove could still work and felt he needed to prove it to some of the wrestlers who saw him as existing totally off of a past made name by having a good match with him. The compromise was reached where the NWO team agreed to not only do the job, uh, but to not have six do it because that would be the predictable finish. Instead, having all three basically do the job at the same time to show they were the more professional of the two teams. 
the company feeling in WCW is to be that hopefully everyone will be professional and the match on June 15th on the pay-per-view won't be ruined. After that point, they'll all be programmed in a different direction and Piper will be feuding with flair and kept apart from Hall and Nash. So those problems in the ring regarding selling won't be an issue. Good God. What a clusterfuck, huh? All about selling and wanting to go home early. Yeah. And, and all of, also all about this, all about having created control over your own character, which is, you know, say what you want to there. They, they went home. They called for the bell and we still got what? Oh my a, God. A ton of time left. Yeah. Say what you want to about the, the, the downfall of WCW, but I really think having creative control over your own character added to that because not only did it force people into doing what you wanted to do, which may have not been best for them, but it, it, it brought back, it, there's a lot of animosity between the boys because of it. Well, if he can do it, why can't I? If we're doing what's good for him, why can't we do what, what's good for me? Well, it's also the thing that annoys me too. And again, I'm biased, but I, I like Sean Waltman. I think the world of him. I mean, we, yeah, I still check on him every now and again. And he does with me and we would consider each other friends, but my goodness, man, if you can say that, you know, oh, I don't know that Waltman deserves to be in this match. Have you seen Sean Waltman uh, wrestle ever? Like this guy makes your match better. So you may say, oh, he's not a star to this level, but he's been on TV full time for years and years. And by the way, he's arguably the best performer in the ring in any match he's ever involved in. And if you've got a match with a guy like Piper and for that matter, a guy like Kevin Nash, you need a guy like Sean Waltman to get out there and do his thing. And by the way, we're seeing the brawl here take place as more and more members of the NWO and WCW spill in. Like we've got Mongo and Benoit, a couple of horsemen and Jeff Jarrett, friend of the horsemen. They're all out here. Now Kevin Green is, but the NWO is squaring off. It's important to mention they went to this with nine minutes left in the show. Jesus. You've heard that the, the match was supposed to go six minutes more. So that means this was supposed to be a three minute all action brawl with a big twist coming in a moment, but instead it's nine minutes of this, which is just too damn much. Can you really see Ric Flair not saying that he didn't want that? Um, yes, I can. Uh, for whatever okay. reason, I think he's had an irrational dislike of Sean Waltman for a long time. Wow. And I, can't I don't, I don't get that either. I mean, I'm with you on Sean Walt. I'm with you on uh, the one, two, three kid. I don't know if it's because he worked as a cruiserweight. I mean, I really don't, but, and I know that later in life, you know, this is a different flair. We're talking about 97 versus when they would work again, you know, five years later mm -hmm. in the WWF. I mean, by the time you get to O2, it's a different Ric Flair, but in 97, he's still strutting that ass a little bit. Yeah. The only thing I can say in response to all that you just read is that thank God the business has evolved. And I don't mean with the product that you see in the ring, which obviously has evolved too. I'm just talking about the backstage area and the, uh, just, let me just mention that hall and Nash better mind their fucking P's and Q's because goddamn glaciers here. that good for nothing Hulk Hogan better not show his fucking yellow tail out here. Cause Glacier yeah. ain't here to fuck around. Not on Monday. Next. We're going to see QT Marshall come out. 
Well, look at that mortise. If he's, if he's, uh, he may be eating apple, but if he's got a couple of them peaches with him, I'll take a look. Um, thank you very much. Wow. Yes. Okay. We're out of time. We'll see. Nope. Nope. We're still going. We're desperately out of time. Nope. Thanks a lot. Piper. We got five minutes left. Okay. Fans, the tape machines are rolling. We are still here. Okay. Thanks Piper. Yeah. Take a crowd shot. Okay. So you remember the movie they live? Yes, I do. Uh, the name of this scene is they wish they didn't. (laughs) What was his famous line from that movie? I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah. Something like that. That's, that's exactly, that's, that's exactly right. Jr. How about they even ran off the announcers here? So we can't even talk about it at this point, by the way, I'm going to just track it. There's nothing for several minutes. Shivani is, I don't know where anybody is. I don't know how much longer I can stay here. I need some help out here. I need some help now. So at this point, there's no, no one at the announce desk. Do you hear the fear in the Heenan's voice? Yeah. Same fear that he had in the car. (laughs) Oh God, here, everybody's fighting everybody. You can hear Bobby moving back and forth. Like somebody's there. Nobody's there. Somebody's there. Nobody's there. Putting the headset on and off. Where's Tony? Tony, Tony, Tony. Where's Tony? (laughs) Kevin Sullivan's back out. I can see me coming out. The barbarian, they're fighting all over the building. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here now. Meanwhile, he's running around in the back. We gotta go. We gotta go. <laughs> you got your bags in the car. Where's Goo? Get him here. Today, are you driving? Where's the keys? I don't know. Security's got him. Where's the fucking keys? Get in the car now. All right. About to see a big moment here. Let's track it. The crowd's chanting, we want Sting. Macho man slides into the ring. DDP slides into the ring in that goofy jacket. All right, man, we apologize. They have almost completely destroyed our set here. Hulk Hogan strutting into the ring. And Hogan has arrived. Literally everyone here, DDP is out. He gets nailed on the outside. The Macho Man out, he's down. I have never, in the years I've been doing pro wrestling, seen anything like this in my life. Sting has arrived. Sting has arrived. DDP down on his feet. Goddamn, I have goosebumps. And he's not backing down from anybody. The 22,000 standing here. Sting has had enough. He's holding everybody off. Daring anyone to step in his way. As DDP is still out, he hit very hard that time. 
Hit in the back with the Macho Man wants to get to him. Hit in the back by Hogan. I've never seen anything in my no. life so out of control. This has been an absolutely breathtaking night. So you see the uh, the hook come down from the ceiling again, and we're going to cut to another shot of Hogan and Savage and Sean Waltman threatening to jump out on Sting. But the reason DDP's been wearing this goofy jacket all day is so he can wear the harness just like Sting does when Sting right. comes down. And they're going to do quite the spectacle here. But man, when he repelled down from the ceiling, was that not a crazy pop from the crowd? Unbelievable how hot these fans were for him. And they're all chanting. We want sting 18,000 of them. We want sting. Goddamn wrestling was great, man. Let's track it again. I believe that. No question about it. What's he doing now? Look at Six this. Stays away. And this carnage everywhere. What's he doing? He's trying to revive him. Nitro. Oh, what a night. He's still holding him off. Oh, my goodness. Good night, everybody. I don't believe this. That's how you end a TV show, buddy. That is. And you know what? Yeah. If it, if it hadn't been for them going home, uh, earlier, it would have been even better, obviously. Oh I my mean, gosh. Was, if yeah. that brawl was just three minutes, mm -hmm. it would have been an absolute fever pitch with, we want sting, we want sting. And it's cool to watch it back now that you know what's going to happen. Because as soon as he gets DDP hooked up, he starts pointing the bat in the air, like up and somebody misses it for a few seconds. But eventually when they go up to see him like a lifeless body from DDP, just hanging as, as they both go to the ceiling, God, it was such a spectacle, man. So cool. Yeah. That, uh, a lot of greatness and a lot of things, uh, that really, uh, foretold the, the ending of WCW in, in that show. And a lot of it, you know, based on that story, I, I think that story about Piper going home too early and the fight in the back afterwards and the animosity, I think that that says a lot about us going downhill more, more than anything else. Well, I loved it. I thought it was a really special show. It was a great nitro, not only for the backstage story with the whole Piper Nash incident, uh, but sting taking DDP to the rafters with him. And we got, uh, a, a sort of random impromptu Lex Luger win over Hulk Hogan, which we know is going to lead to a, a major title switch in August. This is early June just a tremendous time to be a WCW nitro fan. And, and I'm glad we got to relive this one, Tony, and I'm excited about what's coming up next week. We're going to go back and watch ECW from June the 10th of 1997 right? Uh, and June 17th, 1997. So, uh, maybe I have those dates wrong, but it's hardcore TV from the two middle weeks of ECW. But the gist is we're recapping ECW Wrestle Palooza nineteen ninety seven, which is sort of the swan song for Raven and W in ECW before he jumps, and just a spectacular show with a lot of heat. The WWE invasion is gonna start happening. Great shit on the horizon. And then we'll finish out the month of June with, well, a less than mm. awesome show. Great American mm. Bash two thousand. 
where we see the insanity of a human torch match that's coming up mm. to round out the month. I had a lot of fun watching this show with you, Tony, but, uh, I got to tell you when I look at my clock, I realize it's about that time. Ladies and gentlemen, the match goes on between Dave Silva and Brian cage. And all of a sudden above us, there is an orange glow and something orange is repelling. Oh, it's Taz coming down from the ceiling. He's coming down from the ceiling. He's going to try to save Dave Silva's life. He unhooks his harness. He hooks it on the belt strap of Dave Silva. And now they are, well, they can't seem to, they can't seem to hoist Silva up. He's stuck in the middle of the ring. There's nowhere for him to go. He's getting the shit kicked out of him like he should many a years ago. We are desperately out of time. We'll see you next week. Where are what happened when? We are Westwood One. Mondays, we are on Patron. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Hello? Yes, good morning. Uh, is this Daniel? This is. Hey, Daniel, this is Dave Silva. I'm calling with Save with Conrad. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money, but don't take my word for it. So what made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? I've uh, heard the commercials a few times and uh, was looking to refinance anyway from a 30-year down to a 15-year. Ended up being a, a really good uh, good money saver. Had gotten some quotes from some other lenders and, um, you know, Conrad and the guys over there just you know, made the process so so easy. Very cool. How was it working with Steven and the team? It was real, real easy. I mean, uh, the first time that I did my mortgage, um, there was all kinds of hoops and I had to chase down the, the guy that I was working with. Um, but with you guys, it was no problem whatsoever. I could call, I could email, um, but there really wasn't any need to. It was quick and seamless. Wonderful. Is there any way or anything that we can do to improve the process in the future? But honestly, it, it, it was so like, and I'm, it almost seems like it was too easy. <laughs> but do you do you know how much money we were able to save you on your refinance? Yeah, it, it was close to, if not over, a hundred thousand dollars. Wonderful. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo!